liar, you son of a... Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. And Charlestar is still dead to us in spirit, maybe if not in physicality. <laughs> Who knows where the body is? Who knows where the body is? Yes, we mm. could be burying it somewhere or something like that. But we are back again. I'm sorry about the wait, the two week wait, but that's how it's going to be so that we have our lives and we can make our films and <laughs> get used to it. <laughs> yeah, get used to it. But you, you know, we're on social media. Have a chat to us. Yeah. Engage. Get some audience engagement. Especially on Twitter. Like, we're Especially on, on Twitter. Yeah, we're, we're, the, we're there. And yeah. all of us, like, we're on our individual accounts. We also have the podcast accounts if you wanted to message through that way. Yeah. By all means. But anyway, <laughs> we're back and we're back with a new theme. This time we are talking about time. Haha, <laughs> I love that. There's like three puns in that one. Mm. So, time I thought was unifying because it's interesting because time uh, was uh, uh, Andrei Tarkovsky said the art form of cinema is time like where where you know like paintings are like color and and books are words and stuff and and cinema is time is what it is sort of the what you're doing to things because you can stretch out you, you know you get that famous jump cut in 2001 a space odyssey from the the bone to the oh, spaceship yep. and you just bridged millions and millions of years in the span of a second and no other piece of media can do that like without saying so like you, you know in a book you can't say that you just have to say 200 million years and da, 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 or you have to like establish the time jump whereas you can just show that and people get it instantly um, well, that was a very beautiful lead off. No, that's what should crash and burn. <laughs> not quite. But, no, um, not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've brought some interesting uh, films for this thing, and Chancellor has at least submitted if he's not here to defend or talk about. Although he brought he brought a good one. He brought, brought a, a good great one. one so Chancellor recommended the Australian film Predestination, directed by the Spirig brothers from 2014. 2014. Correct. 2014. Uh, really good movie. This is one I Josh hadn't seen this one, but I had seen it, and Chancellor had seen it. Chancellor and I like huge Spearig Brothers fans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you bring, Josh? I brought About Time. Directed and written by Richard, Richard Curtis. Richard Curtis of Love Actually fame. Love Actually fame. And this was his final film as director. He announced, I'm, I'm retiring from directing after doing this one. And it's a rom-com of sorts starring Donald Gleeson. Yeah, dramedy. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It was starring Donald Gleeson and uh, uh, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, so, and Bill Nye and, and Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie, yes, is really. I was like watching it. I was like, oh shit, is that Margot Robbie? It kind of looks like her, but she's doing a British accent. Who is this? And I go, I'm like, oh shit, it is Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie, what the? Um, and then uh, I brought, and this is sort of the first TV installment. I guess. I guess when we're going to recommend TV, we'll only do like the first two episodes or so to. Otherwise, yeah. you're not watching like a 10-hour thing. Although years and years, so years and years was the show I brought, uh, run by. Um, oh god, what's his name? Why have I forgotten his name? He ran the Doctor Who reboot. It's uh, uh, David, David. Oh, my God. I'm very terrible. So it's the television show set in the present day. <laughs> He's quickly looking up. So I'm quickly looking up and trying to vamp at the air. same time because we have to, like, bounce things. But uh, it's set in the present day. It's starring several famous British people, Emma Thompson being the most famous in sort of a supporting role, and my personal future husband, uh, Russell Tovey. <laughs> and then... And then 
then some other people who oh, is it, it's, it's like you'll know their faces from like a um, million other the, one of the sisters is from Spaced the Simon Pegg yes um, oh, so Russell T Davies sorry it's his Russell name. Davies, chances yeah. I would have been able to do that straight away because he knows Doctor Who like the back of his hand but he's not here is he are you chance star it would help <laughs> so I brought the first two episodes of years and years so it's a contemporary show that's very about the present moment we're in politically speaking it's set in the real world and it starts from 20 or 2019 2019, at the time and then the show does these time jumps and it basically follows 15 years in the life of this one family but using the modern situations that are going on as a jumping off point to predict what might the worst possible timeline for like anything to happen that what might happen in our future and it's sort of black mirror but even more realistic which is (laughs) it's it's funny because i watched this while having the news app on my phone spam me with um brexit going ahead like set to leave the eu and i was like oh dear yeah yeah. and then like you know donald trump did a a a missile thing and there's all this kind of stuff going on um, so I brought that that pile of anxiety of real life yeah. terror into the thing. But uh, <laughs> I guess well, let's talk about predestination first. What, uh, so oh, yes, I mean, please. I think Chancellor just brought it because it it's we love the Spirit Brothers. I I saw this film on. I just remember seeing oh predestination, and I like the Spirit Brothers Daybreakers. I quite like Daybreakers. I hadn't seen Undead. Still haven't seen it at this point. Um, I do want to watch it, but I hadn't seen Daybreakers. But I loved this in the cinemas. I think I got free tickets to see it, and then I went and paid and saw it again mm. just because it was so good and so engaging. So what did you think as a first-time viewer? Oh, I was hooked from the get-go. It, it's so great that it, like, recontextualized itself as you're watching it, and you're, like, it reveals more and more. And, like, you you can kind of catch on to, like... Yeah, the three-part twists. The three-part twists. Yeah, you, you catch on, and then you're, like, oh, no, this gets even deeper and deeper and deeper. And you're just, like, oh, it's so simple. It's so effective. Yeah, yeah. And what's so great is... um Well, I guess if any listeners haven't seen it, stop this now and go and watch it, because it we'll probably get into a little bit of spoiler territory. Just yeah, sort of we thing, But will. what I love... Uh, spoiler territory starting now. So what I really love about it is um the 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 they're all this it's the, all of the main characters because it's almost like a play it's this two-hander play yeah it's literally almost. like you, your, your little acts like yeah. your little and your little sets and it's like and yet really and then simple. the reveal that the two people you've been watching are one person one person in different timelines and you're just like what the fuck I you're your own grandfather fry <laughs> they in the bar they play a song there's a song yeah, playing in the background about yeah. my own grandpa or something yeah. like that. And what's so funny is because you watch it again, you're like, oh, that's sneaky. Yeah. But I liken this film to being like Nolan levels of amazing. I really do. I think this is like a Nolan level film. I at agree. least Memento. Yeah. Very with like, Memento, I think. In terms of budget, it, it feels like grander than like it's but it seems like it's like some of like the cinematography yeah so it's just i think a fraction below 20 mil i think Mm. was its budget but it's it has a huge scale to it very excellently done i think it it makes use of the limited cast to sort of save on money i guess for things but it's just so well directed the time travel mechanics are really good it's just clever and genius and I watched it again so that's now my third or fourth time seeing the movie mm. for this podcast and I was, I was like I was wrapped I was like this is fun and fucking Sarah goddamn snook oh, she's one of our best amazing. actors to come out of this country in like forever yeah. and everyone sort of loves her as Shiv in uh, Succession which is the HBO yes. TV show I'm not the biggest fan of Succession I'm still waiting for it to get 
good. I haven't seen season two yet, which everyone is like amazed with or something like that. But anyway, everyone's like, oh, Sarah Snook, she's so good and yada yada. I'm like, yeah, but she was, she's been good since this movie came out and she's yeah. phenomenal because she's playing so many different levels of things and understanding and, and characterization. And also, yeah, different levels of like knowing and like as well, like yeah, at different points. Yeah, that would have been a really hard F, like piece of work just acting wise because you you're thinking about a lot of things and you have to separate those timelines in that way yeah like um, both both her and even hawk yeah, like, like really working good. with and each other and it's almost a different ethan hawk too we don't sort of get this kind of ethan hawk all that all that much in sort of his mm. other movies he plays something a bit more sedate or a bit more uh chill i guess <laughs> yeah. uh, whereas this is a very intense role for him very like laser focused kind of thing i just love it i adore every bit of this movie i think and it's one of the best it's my personal favorite australian film probably up there with muriel's wedding yeah um, i'm too. really annoyed that we don't talk about it enough as a really great piece of australian yeah cinema. great genre piece out of australia too like yeah. goddamn, yeah we need more of these more of them please yeah. heaps more of these unless movies about people in houses being sad Hey guys, just stopping in here to tell you about a brand new streaming platform called Spec TV, spelt S-P-E-C-C-T-V. It's a streaming service for independent Australian films. My own film, Red Curtain Hell, is on this. You can find it on iOS and Android, as well as on the web. And by subscribing, you're helping fund content and helping creators get paid. And if you've subscribed via the website, it's $20.20 for the year 2020. That's 2020 for 2020. That offer expires March 30th, 2020, so get in quick. And you can use the code MMPR for 20% off any subscription tier or level, including the 2020 for 2020 deal. So that's the code MMPR for 20% off. So that's Spec TV, S P E C T V. So, um, uh, so uh, you bought about time, about time by yes. Richard Curtis. Now, I had seen this one in the cinemas. And I think I watched like maybe like half of it on DVD. I do own it on Blu-ray just to, to sort of watch, and. Um, I, I was like, oh, I forgot how, how <laughs> this this hits you in the feels. Yes, this time. very much hits you in the feels. And that's why I probably liked it so much because I, I didn't expect that either. Like I watched it for the first time a couple of years ago and I was just like, oh my God, this got me right. And I obviously didn't know it was directed by Richard Curtis either. So like I was so blind going into this. And I'm like, I'm oh, like really? Oh. Yeah. I was absolutely blind and I was like because I remember seeing the trailers on like rental DVDs I'm like oh this looks quirky and fun and then I was like oh no this is something special yeah special. yeah yeah really and I love I was saying because when I said oh I'm watching I posted it to Instagram and then and then one of my friends commented she's like oh I really love this movie and I'm like well I, what I love about it is how unironic it is it is mm. one of the most unironic movies so that's sincere. what I really love about um, uh, uh, Love Actually as well it's very there's none of this winking at the audience when it gets to like genuine emotionality. And so, and, but people hate that kind of thing. They're like, Oh, the voiceover is this, you know, sappy thing. And I'm like, no, it's really, really no, good. It's grabbing you by the shoulders and like crying, like letting its heart rest on its sleeve. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant in my mm. mind. Um, we don't do Rachel McAdams enough justice because she's really good in this and she's really funny and she's really emotional. And I'm like, oh God, she's really good. She's being undervalued her entire career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I do think though she probably... Like, I probably need to give Spotlight another watch, but I didn't like Spotlight as much as That's a movie, fair. but she got an Oscar nomination for it. I'm like, okay, really? But... um. Uh, and Donald Gleeson can really carry a movie. He's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, you haven't seen Brick yet, either, have you? I love Brick. I've oh, seen yeah, Brick. He's not Brick in now. it, is he? Yeah. Donald Gleeson. Yeah. In Brick, who is he in Brick? He's like the new member of the band. He's like the main that we follow. 
Brick. Are you talking about Brick? Oh, Brick. No, Frank. Sorry. Frank. No, Frank. sorry. Frank. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, gonna, I was, yeah. I was like, Brick was is like, the... the, the yeah, Ryan, Ryan Johnson, Johnson one. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. My only one sort of critique of it is is that I really wish he hadn't gone with like a handheld aesthetic for mm. the whole film. I was just like, this could have benefited from a little more innovative visuals especially because you've got this nice quirky little magic realist story going on also beautiful scenery that you could really play up with yeah that town yeah 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 Mm. um and great actors bill nye is really good in this quite heartfelt um i think but what what the kind of the the thing about it is i harp on about wanting like a better visual language all the time but I'm like, if you've got a script that good and performances that good, it's not as much of an issue because you are still being carried through pretty well. Yeah. Um, I also think it, it's it's a it's a lesson in like if you're going to do a coverage centric visual language, at the very least give it rhythm because this one gives it rhythm in the cut. They don't just go close up wide, close up wide, mid shot wide, close up. Mid-shot. There's no there's a there's a there's a, a specificity to when they cut to which shot depending on what's going on in the scene. So it's a lesson yeah, in, true. if you're going to do coverage, give it a rhythm. Um, I really like the humour that he finds in the pauses. It just <laughs> yeah. the, the, the pauses of it. Uh, um, the the dinner in the dark and the first meet cute. Oh, so good. It's beautiful. It's one of my favourite. And then she, she walks out, she steps out and she just goes down the step in the light above her head. I was just like, yeah, oh, just like a little moment like that. Like that's cool vision. Yeah, what I really love what he does too, and he does this in like love actually. It's like, the, the comedy in awkward situations or awkward reveals as well like you're saying yeah. with the pauses but like this like yeah, yeah, yeah. hey we can tell you're like what <laughs> it's like, yeah 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 um and what did i say gorgeous ta- i wrote some notes for this i'm like gorgeous Aww. talent for those moments i love actually oh yeah so the, so those moments are like love actually like you know kira knightley's reveal in love actually and that kind of a thing um, and real efficiency in the sound design because instead of having to show him go into the cupboard every single time, they they show you when a cut is a time travel cut versus when a cut is just a cut. Yes. With the sound design, I'm like, okay, this is some smart storytelling. Uh, same really... with predestination as well in terms of the yeah design of. The and what sound. I think is really interesting is um, that uh, as far as like time is concerned, about time. A lot of people message me and they're like oh, this is full of plot holes. And I'm like, no, it's not meant to be hard science fiction as opposed to predestination, which has every little mathematical kind of thing of the time travel. And it so closes it just, its loop. It closes its loop. Yeah, yeah. As far as like time travel, is, it's the eternal paradox kind yeah. of thing. Um, but as far as like both of those are concerned with time, it's they're, they're almost on polar opposite ends of the spectrum. One is this hard maths to it and the other is the most flimsy like if you were to actually sit there and try and figure out logic and things like that it's not going to hold up but that's not the point it's not trying to it's do like that trying it's trying to figure out magic really it's just like it's more motion than anything yeah. else yeah yeah, yeah 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 and um so then i guess that brings us to years and years <laughs> 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 that anxiety train of a other thing which is more time in terms of like just like progressive sort of just trauma <laughs> yeah progressive trauma well see because yeah. what it does is it builds these time jumps from 
there's usually someone it, it usually I don't know if you noticed but the, the, the pattern is someone has like a little bit of a monologue and then yep. the music kicks in during the monologue and then, and then, then they the montage. smash cut to this news montage and what they do is they basically jump like five years or so in the future there's one where they do like eight months or whatever and all these montages show you all the news that's happening over this course of time and it's like you know in in um, in the first episode there's the time jump to say oh, Donald Trump wins his re-election campaign yep. then it goes to him at the end of his new uh, like five days yeah. left and what he's going to do with China. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he just, because it's his last day in, in office, he just bombs an island owned by China and that causes all of this sort of stuff that mm-hmm. ripples on and you're like, oh, this feels too real. So its relation in time, in terms of time, is to be like almost fast-forwarding through things, you know, and because everyone's like, oh, life moves so fast and this show's kind of trying to capture that in a, in a mm-hmm. sense and stuff. And so you're following this family and they're sort of like a dozen characters or so in this sort of rather expansive family, um, all different sort of people. You've got some more conservative people, some, you know, less conservative people. Yeah. And it's, you know, and then Emma Thompson plays a Trump-esque politician trying to win office in America, in sorry, in the UK, and, and everyone thinks she's a joke. But then as time goes on, she gets more and more popular because she's a total populist. She says ridiculous things that aren't true. And... <laughs> And then everyone kind of latches on. Is like, yeah, she's she's great. like, I'm real, pretty much. Like, yeah, trying yeah, to sell yeah, you yeah. On you know, she, she sells that uh, people should take IQ tests to vote and all that kind of thing, which is like eugenics mm, yep. light. Um, and it gets like so. She has a, some really great monologues because it's only like six episodes. Six episodes. Yes. Six episodes, and then you're done. Episode four will ruin you. Oh, great! <laughs> it will absolutely ruin you. There is a moment in there that is just utterly devastating. I mean, this like the moment in episode two. Again, we'll probably just do spoilers to this for a minute. Um, the end of episode two, a character sells a house, and then the bank collapses. With all their money in it. With all their money in it. Which is like $1.3 million. Yeah. And then it shows like this massive crowd lining up outside the bank and then another bank collapses. And then the security guards realizes that's his bank and even he joins the crowd fighting. And I was like, oh my God, this is the most anxiety. feels too real. Feels way Way too real. Way too real. But um, I quite love this show. I don't... The ending is hit and miss for some people. Um, so I'll be interested to see what you think of yeah, the ending. But uh, yeah. we've only watched the first two episodes yes. for this. What did you think, Chancellor? He didn't. <laughs> uh, I'm well, sure, I know. <laughs> I'm sure he watched it and enjoyed it. Um, but uh, I think so. Uh, at times, any other movies to do with time? I mean, obviously, Christopher Nolan is one of yeah. the you, you can't talk about time in film without talking about him especially i think one of his best feats is dunkirk oh where you're yeah. running oh that would have been one to recommend because i don't think chance has seen that one what? but uh, I oh, wow. no i don't okay. think he has but it's, it's where to me dunkirk is sort of the epitome of that cinema is time because you are doing something you cannot do in any single other storytelling form ever where you've got three parallel stories all taking place in different spans of time you've got what it's it's the one day Sorry, it's it's a one week, one day, one hour. One hour, yeah. And they're running in parallel. And it's all ticking clocks, but they're all different ticking clocks. But it feels like one cohesive ticking clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's this one. I love that. I need to revisit that again. It's it's from last week when I was telling about Unstoppable. uh, Tarantino talks about Dunkirk on this same podcast, the the rewatchables, and he talks about Dunkirk being this masterpiece. And I'm like, because I saw it twice in cinemas. I saw it once on seventy mil, which you were in that screening too. And then I went and saw it on digital, and seventy was 
way better experience. Mm. So just the audience was so like fired up for it. It was really, yeah. really fun. But I, I've got it on Blu-ray. And so um, do I, yes. So really I'm going to be re-watching that for sure. I just, I'm just like in the mood for that kind of thing. Yep. Uh, obviously, um, uh, Inception with, you know, the different... It, that's almost parallel times running in different... In, in unison and, and Memento running in reverse. Mm. There's some really interesting attempts at things um irreversible is also one played in reverse like memento but it's very i don't know if you know irreversible it sounds Gas- familiar Gasper, but like, no there's like ah a, yes, yes yeah yeah <laughs> there you go there you go i'm trying to think is there any other like crazy time timey wimey loopy whoopy mm. things in cinema no oh yeah it's like it's it's i mean it, it it's all you know time the time travel genre is is a is a big one and there's yeah. It's some it's it's very hit, there's a lot of misses it's yeah. a lot less hits than there are misses there's the I Groundhog mean, Day format yeah I mean there's like Primer which is like the Primer yeah, is Shane Carruth have like, you seen it no even it I is seen it. Yeah. dense it is yeah. one because it is the it is trying to be the most scientifically accurate time travel movie and it is but in order to do that it is the most mm. intellectually dense film I have ever seen not dense in a bad way dense in a good way it's just it's it's heavy viewing yeah. just you heavy and heady and cerebral and thinking and and none of the characters they all talk in jargon they don't talk <laughs> really in sort of a normal english kind of a thing also there was that um project Al- almanac almanac yeah almanac, i didn't like yeah. that one it's yeah. the found footage time travel movie i saw yeah. that in the cinema because i was excited to see i'm excited to see the found footage genre used in different things uh, we might do that as a suggested that's thing. a good one pick a found footage one but one that everyone hasn't seen which that'll be interesting yep. um, but it didn't it just kind of was a bit it wasn't bad it was just very yeah. run of the mill hit all these Michael Bay produced things. so it was like one of those platinum yeah genes, but he also so. produced uh, no, no no I'm not saying so. that's a bad thing but yeah I was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so well, that's our time thing. If you guys haven't seen any of these movies, give them a watch. If you have any suggestions for topics or or, or a film that you want us to build around, feel free to uh, let us know on social media. We might incorporate it. We might give you a shout out if you have a Twitter handle or something like that. Um, you can send us like you can say here's the topic and here's the three films. The one rule is that at least one one of us have to have not seen. Um, each film so uh, you know if, if you send us some and we might substitute one for something that works or something like that um, let us know and email us but for our next topic we have chosen an interesting one <laughs> I chose this from the from the David Fincher trailer for uh, 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 The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo when he <laughs> does like the feel bad film of this Christmas I want to do feel bad films yeah. instead of feel good films let's have some feel bad that's films. feel like shit <laughs> yes can't wait I'm I'm keen. We've got so I've got I've got a I've got a real zinger to bring to the table. <laughs> you do. You a do. very dour one. Um so thank you guys for listening. You can find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers and you can email us. Email us your recommendations for movies. We're building this season around recommendations. So even if you're like, here's a weird obscure movie that no one ever talks about but here you talk about it and we if we've seen it or something like that we might bring it to the table we, if we haven't seen it we'll give it a watch and you know we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes um, we're, we're trying to sort of it's a much better way to build discussion yeah like, I think like, it's a little less education wa- it's a little like, less wanky it's a little mm. less lecture centric than yeah. <laughs> than our previous season yeah um, so I'm excited to see when it comes I'm excited to hear from you guys Absolutely. you can find me on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson and you can find me on Twitter at that Sundance KD all caps and you find this and other many great podcasts at that's not canon.com thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you again next time bye goodbye Thank you.